Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. God is increasing our appetite for His presence and His glory. He's increasing our appetite. He's even going to help many of you out of sin in this season. It's going to help many of you out of entanglements in this season. Things you struggled with, habits, it's going to strengthen you. Commitment issues, commitment to God, commitment to his word, commitment to his lifestyle. He's going to help you if you will dive in deeper. If you will dive in deeper to his word, if you won't be allergic to presence, if you won't be allergic to sacrifice, he'll give you what you're missing. He'll give you what you don't have. If you won't be allergic Hallelujah. If you, will, if you will start hanging around the right people, he'll change your appetites. And God is ministering to our appetite for his presence, his appetite for the glory. Many times when my mother would cook dinner and food, and my dad would say, come eat everybody. I would come to the table and say, I'm not hungry. My dad would say, you're not hungry? Why aren't you hungry? What's wrong with your thirst? What's wrong with your hunger? What's wrong with your appetite? And he would say, oh, you done cut your appetite. Meaning that you done ate something that done took away the right appetite you had. You've been eating that candy all day. You've been eating that sugar all day. And now you don't have an appetite for the right things because you've been eating the wrong things. There's a cutting away happening in this season. Where God is cutting away things that take away your appetite for God. And I'm telling you, you're going to crave for holiness. Hey, Shaka. You're going to crave for deliverance when God begins to cut away those things that is messing with your righteous appetite. Oh, you would be hungry. Oh, you would crave and thirst after him like never before. But there's something cutting into your appetite. Hasha, sin and habits and weights. It's issues. Hallelujah. Even in sexual lives and sexual activity, things that are interfering, intruding with your appetite for glory. God said, I've come to help you in this season. I've come to help you. I've come to give you grace. I've come to convict you, not condemn, convict you of wrong living. I'm going to convict you, but with conviction, I come to change you and transform you. I don't come to condemn you, I come to transform you. And I'm telling you, God is ministering to our appetites for his glory and his presence. And so, Father, I thank you today, right now, that you're doing something new in our church, doing something new in our midst. Hallelujah. I prayed about this. I didn't even know I was going to articulate it. God knows what we need when we need it. I had grave concern. When you're doing ministry in the fashion that we have, we're not open. You have greater connection when people are physically present. There's even greater connection for many of you when you are able to come to church. And the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, some of you should be able to better evaluate your level of spirituality in this season. Because if you're not connected enough and online enough, on prayer enough, you should be able to righteously judge where you really are. You should be able to write because now you're having to do it on your own. 
there's more of you that it requires to do this yeah before you had to drive yourself here but there was this thing that you were being seen and there's this little thing that happened in humanity that you get a little credit for being seen to show up but now we're in a season you don't get credit per se for being seen because you're online and you don't have to say hello and you can be there hallelujah you can be there and not say something and not say anything and you cannot be there at all see the person who's there and don't say anything is almost equal to the person who's not there because none of them are showing forth any visibility so there are people who are there who never say anything on the line but they're there and I'm telling you in this season God is trying to mature some of you out of this facade that you're stronger than you are because you can't have right appetites if you think you're stronger than you really are and God wants you to come to grips with how fleshly you are and how carnal you are and how unspiritual you are how did God want you to come to grips for you so, so there's the only way your, your hunger gonna kick into right gear you got to be saying you know what I know a lot of scripture but I don't do a lot of scripture I know a lot of the way but I don't do a lot of the way I need to get my appetite in check. No, 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 no. I don't need to look good before everybody. I got a title. But, 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 but I need more of God. I need more commitment. I need more steadfastness. Yeah, I have a gift. But I need more righteousness. I need more holiness. And I'm telling you, God is trying to increase and refine our appetites. Because I'm telling you, when your appetite get right, you're going to be hungry for God. Come on, shut up. When your appetite get right, you're going to be right for prayer. You're going to be right for reading the word. You're going to be right for giving. When your appetite get right, when we cut the sin out, when we cut the flesh out, when we cut the stupidity out, when we cut the wrong, wrong relationships off, I'm telling you, some of you are just a few relationships cut from being hungry for God. Yeah, 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 coach. You're just a few relationships relationships cut from being raw yeah from being raw and hungry for God for being raw and some of you say no pastor I'm just cool no you ain't really mild-mannered you ain't just mild-mannered we haven't seen your boldness because something keep making you timid and your sins keep making you convicted and you never get to your real level of joy you never get to your real level of gifting we haven't really seen who you are because something is stifling your growth and stifling your flow and stifling your appetite and to be honest we don't even know you yet we haven't even seen you in your glory we haven't even seen you in your strength because something has been choking out your growth and suffocating the presence but God is here to deliver and cut away what's tagging on your real appetite come on lift your hands I feel God's glory that's tagging against your real appetite and I'm telling you we're going to see appetites like never before hungry for God hungry for God I've been giving you all that natural illustration and I've been repeating it and I know it's the Holy Ghost I was called to be a minister and when I accepted my calling I didn't accept the lifestyle I accepted the calling but I didn't accept the lifestyle I didn't want to study because study and take time I didn't want to pray because pray and take time I want to read, read and take time. My stronghold and my, one of my strongholds, <laughs> one of them, they had other ones, but one of them was my love for football.
God keeps repeating this to me because if it causes me to repeat this and to see it, it was a weight for me. I was just, it was a weight for me. I couldn't, I, I couldn't focus in church. Oh, don't let church go too long on a Sunday. Oh, don't let, don't let the street ministry, my pastor put me on street ministry. Charles Brantley put me on street ministry right there in the street, said, go out there and preach. Boy, you can preach. I will preach and after I will preach, I was ready to go. He said, well, now it's time to go and walk the streets. We will preach with a microphone on the front of the steps. And after I would preach, he was, I would be ready to go because while I was looking at my watch, my appetite wasn't too long. I ain't had no, no, I'm ready to go. I'm aggravated. I'm frustrated. I'm ready to go. Well, I'm ready to go because I've been in between every, between the other preachers preaching, I preached too, but other preachers would preach. While they were preaching, I was over there checking the scope. Eight, uh, Texas A&M and Oklahoma. What's the score? What? They getting beat down. <clears throat> Put that thing up. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Preach. Preach. Distracted. Never get to my full level of growth. Never get there. And God had to start dealing with me about that stronghold of how much I love football. Now, of course, we're not talking about you can't watch no football. See, that's where the flesh start acting up. You start talking about discipline. See, that's why I don't do these kind of churches. See, that's why I'm going to do these kind of churches. They don't know how to have no fun. See, the preacher can't even walk football. He talking about God couldn't say. I didn't say God didn't say I couldn't watch no football. Keep listening since you're listening. God didn't say I couldn't watch no football. What he was saying, I was distracted that I couldn't focus. And some of you can't accomplish your goals. Some of you can't finish school some of you can't even do well on your job because you're distracted and you're never giving forth the real fruit in your life because your appetites are so full of everything but God's trying to purify our appetites for his fruitfulness and for growth and God had to deal with me about this football and this is how he said it to me that really got me delivered because my life was just I was broke and struggling so just so lacking focus it's amazing how you can be broke and got the worst focus in the world. It could be amazing how your life ain't nowhere where you know it should be, but you just as distracted. It's one thing if you was on your grind. I'm just as broke going through and just as distracted. And God's like, look at your life. This is what he said to me about how I, get, how I start getting delivered from this football stronghold. He said, they over there working. You watching them work. And you fussing online about who better than who and y'all all day be on these long long I don't mind doing a little bit of arguing I like a little bit of it but all day who the best LeBron James or Michael Jordan they both great come on now in their own time they both great I will pass you messing up now whatever you know what I'm saying but I'm saying at the end of the day you ain't got all long to do that you got to go make some money they made their money they prospered in their gift they focused on what they need to focus on God said you out there all entangled but they working making money and you so you sit here losing your whole life watching somebody else work and that's, and when I looked at my broke self my walking self my getting kicked out of school self my non-studying self when I looked at myself I said my god I got to get myself together because if not I'm gonna always be on the couch watching somebody else do their thing 
I got to get myself together. I got too much good in me. There's too much. I got to get some discipline in my life. I got to get this thing together. I feel like I'm reaching somebody today. I got to get myself together. I got to get my cravings together. I got to get my appetites together. I got to get my desires together. I got to get my longing together. I got to get it all together. I was fighting that thing like never before. I'm almost done. I feel the Holy Ghost. And I'm saying, Holy Ghost, help me. So that's one stronghold. The other stronghold in sin was lust. Messing me up. Couldn't give me focus. Couldn't do nothing. Young preacher just struggling in this area of lust. And then he had a strange, a strange hypocrisy attached to my lust. A hypocrisy attached to my lust. So that's how people get bound real good. Grew up in a neighborhood where men couldn't be feminine and get away with it. If he was in my neighborhood and the man was feminine, they would mock him and pick on him and say all kind of things to him, call him all kind of names. They didn't come outside with the rest of the boys and the brother and all that kind of stuff. That stuff was still living in me. Living in me. God said, you can't help nobody. You called to preach and time you see somebody struggling with homosexuality because that was the only thing that I would really go after, you know what I mean? That was the only thing that I would really get detested about, you know what I mean? Because I grew up in a neighborhood, you know, where men had to be men. And if a man was a feminine, feminine or homosexual, feminine or homosexual, that was the thing, you know. Now, now and, the only, and the way I started getting delivered from lust, let me tell you what the Holy Ghost told me. He said in the, in the spirit realm, Lust and homosexuals are cousins. You ain't too many steps from being just like that. And you say, you not. I'm like, why? why? And not that I had desires. But God would say, they all, and this is how God showed it to me. He showed it, me, showed it to me on the web of sin. A web. A web. I don't care. You can be always on the left of the web. But true enough, that web is connected. And I saw the web and all the strings. And he said, you may be over here, but trust me, you connected. I saw it like a genetic makeup of sin, how things are connected. And, and here I am over here dealing with lust and sin and pornography and having the nerve to look down on people who are dealing with the sin of homosexuality and perversion. I'm having the nerve to look down on them with my sinful self. I don't know. And God said, look, God said, yeah, this is what God told me. Let me tell you what he told me. He said, both of y'all going to be in here together. He said, yeah. he said, your hypocrisy self. He said, both of y'all going to be in there together. He said, both of y'all going to be in there together. You got a nerve. And I'm telling y'all, I'm, I'm saying this so y'all so can understand that I've been through a process. I've been here. So you can't fake with me. You can't hide. I done been through enough sin. I done done enough stuff to know what sin feel like, look like, touch like. God said, I'm going to deliver you. And I'm telling y'all, I had that hypocrisy bad. I will walk up to people who I felt were dealing with it. If I see two men walking together, I will walk up to them. And it wasn't Holy Ghost boldness. It was fleshly gangster mentality. That wasn't no Holy Ghost. That was gangster. I will walk up to them, look them in their face, and tell them they were nasty. Tell them they were nasty. But I was dealing with what we call, in some regards, an acceptable sin. And God said, no, you're going to get delivered. It's all sin, but you're going to get delivered. And God started increasing my appetite through prayer. And I had to learn to go to Bible study. <laughs> got this gift. 
Because how many know you can still have a gift and a call and still need deliverance? I need everybody to lift your hands. Come on. So nobody, so nobody is looking funny. Everybody lift your hands so that nobody lifting funny. How many know you can still have a calling, still have a place to be, but got something to work out in your spirit? How many know you can still be looking good but have a, a dent in your spiritual armor? Come on now. I was gifted, called to preach, and had to wrestle with my sins and wrestle with my flesh. But the Holy Ghost begin to cut away all this bad thinking I had that was part of it. that's why I went through that all this bad thought that I had just thought I was better because I was only dealing with pornography and lust and thought that I was thought I was better ain't that something ain't sin sin or trick let me tell you something about sin sin or tricky you still go to hell have me the nerve to be arrogant and cocky God said you just as wrong but I'm telling you real stuff God gave me a, a, a situation that I went to sleep and when I woke up, in my, I woke up, this is real. I didn't even believe I'm telling this today, but this is the Holy Ghost. He was really dealing with my mindset and dealing with my appetites and my cravings. I went to sleep. I'm staying with a friend at that time, a young man in college, staying with a friend. Holy Ghost, having to go to sleep. And while I went to sleep, he showed me hell. And I felt the fire of hell so hot when I woke up I woke up sweating the house had AC on but from the dream the presence of fire was so hot my body was drenched in sweat I woke up still thought I was in a dream said God oh God what happened walked outside with shorts t-shirt and some slides on walked in the parking lot of where I was staying it was like oh my God I started repenting to get my life right God was warning me very strongly, you got to get this thing out of your life. Today, I believe God's trying to touch somebody's appetite. I want everybody to stand, even in the church, even at home, I want you to stand. Right where you are, I want you to stand. We're at altar call, I want you to stand. I believe God is using this even as encouragement, but warning. Even as he warned me because he loved me. And God knows what we need, because there's something about sin. That will make you hide for days. Oh, you can't tell me about sin. I sinned enough to tell you. Sin to make you hide. Sin to make you lie. Sin to make you fake. Sin to make you overcompensate. Sin to make you tell stories to make things look like something else. Oh, you can't tell me nothing. I sinned. That sin was exhausting me. God said, I'm about to break that cord in your life. I'm going to break those habits in your life. Keep your hands lifted. Everybody's standing. I'm about to increase your appetite for righteousness and holiness and prayer. And that's why I always preach that the altar is not a one-time experience. Where y'all think I get that from? <laughs> I needed the altar not to be a one-time experience. I said I needed the altar not to be a one-time because I found out after I came on a good sermon after a good message that I still needed him two weeks later when that devil came knocking on my door with temptation and so the, the altar is not a one-time experience and today God is sending his word to increase your appetite to deal with you in your spirit and in your mind and let me say this while I'm here I'm so open this morning and I know it's the Holy Ghost even when I dealt with the sin of lust and pornography, one of the crossroads I had to cross is I was feeling like this is who I am. 
not just feeling it like but I was enjoying the satisfaction I felt from it I was saying you know I like this no I actually enjoy this so I had to start praying God get rid of the thing I enjoy that's wrong because there are times in sin there's part of it that appeases your flesh you actually get some type of satisfaction if you didn't get any satisfaction from it then you're real crazy it even makes more sense to say you're doing it because there is a sense of satisfaction now there's no satisfaction from it Whew. you really need deliverance big time double time because now the devil tormenting you over something that you don't even enjoy see I was at the point I wasn't tormented yet I was enjoying that thing and God began to cut my appetite from that that I no longer listen to, I know I'm saying more than I ever said in this way I no longer wanted to lean on his forgiveness policy because he will forgive tell your neighbor put in your timeline he will forgive but my appetite changed that I didn't want to be asking for forgiveness anymore I didn't want to lean on forgiveness policy I wanted deliverance he would forgive I thank him for forgiving but I wanted more than forgiveness I didn't want to be in the cycle of sin anymore I didn't want to be repeating these habits anymore I didn't want to be condemned when I should be convicted and worshiping I wanted to be shouting and praising I didn't want to be hiding and lying I wanted to be free and I didn't want to be going through a forgiveness every time I make three steps forward I make two steps back and that only equal to one step and people wonder why I still hadn't gotten where I got because all my life all I've been doing is this and all my life all I've been and I got tired of that and I said God I want more than forgiveness give me deliverance give me deliverance for more than forgiveness and God's about to change your appetites hands lifted and tell you and God's gonna rise upon us like never before that we're going to be known as holy people we're going to be known as set aside people we're going to be known as clean people now while your hands are lifted up i want you to begin to repent that god will cleanse your hands come on forgiveness is still in order while those hands are lifted everybody even musicians too come on i want to everybody come on i know y'all play but while you're playing use your mouth come on and begin to ask god to cleanse and forgive while those hands are lifted come on we want clean hands and pure hearts come on get it out of your mouth ask God to forgive you and wash you from that thing forgive my mind forgive my sins forgive my habits come on you ought to be repenting at home you ought to be saying God forgive me of my habitual ways of sin forgive me for lying and hiding forgive me for all the secrecy God forgive me forgive me Lord I'm wrong I'm not hiding from it yeah he already knows but nothing changes until you begin to confess to him he already knows but change doesn't happen until you start confessing and coming out of hiding about it God I confess I'm wrong I'm dead wrong see I, I tell you I, I have some justification of my own little habits and I'm telling you Christians you're gonna stay weak if you keep repeating God understand you keep repeating God understand my prayers you don't keep repeating it to the day of judgment 
You can't keep repeating, God, God, you understand. I sin. God, you understand. God, you understand. God, you God gonna say, No, I understand. I gave you power. I understand I gave you my word. That's what I understand. You can say, Lord, I cast out devils in my name. He's going to say, yeah, but I know you not because you are a worker of iniquity. You can say, God, I sung in choir number one. God, I was an usher. God, I'm, come on, I helped the pastor. God going to say, I know what you did, but I still saw your lifestyle, and I'm telling you, depart from me. I keep telling the body of Christ, you are not going into heaven with a sin of lifestyle, a lifestyle of sin. You are not going, in, you are not. And it's not because I don't want you to go. I want you to go. But we are not going into heaven living in a lifestyle of sin. Not living. No, 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 no. It's clear in the word. Know ye not? You shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Adulterers, fornication, extortioners, liars, cheaters. It's all there. He said, you ain't going in. I don't want y'all to be confused about what God requires. Now, if you repent, repent right before you die, you good. The blood cleanse, you in that thing. But how many know you can't plan to go? I said, how many of you know you can't always plan to go? That's why it's a very sensitive time, even when people are passing away, that we introduce them to Christ or they know Christ and they repent. And if they sin all their days in that one moment, right before they shut their eyes, forgive me, they're gone to heaven. The blood cleanses. But you can't always plan to go. You can't, you're not always in that frame of mind that you're thinking about it. So ain't no sense of risking it and playing Russian roulette and gambling with your destiny and wondering when you're going to come, see? And because, see, I knew this kind of stuff this is why I used to repent real quick. Now, I'm going to tell y'all now, I wanted more than deliverance, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I believe in the forgiveness policy. Oh, I believe in it. I want you to know I believe in that thing. So I ain't shy about forgiveness at all. But I wanted you to know I knew that that wasn't going to change my life. What changes is habits and lifestyle of deliverance. So Father, I pray that our appetites in this season are changing for you. Where we struggle, we're going to find new grace and new strength. Many people will testify, I no longer smoke. Many people will testify, I no longer use alcohol excessively. Get out of here in Jesus' name. Using an excuse to be drunk. The Bible says you should be sober. The Bible says, come on, you are not filled with wine in excess. That doesn't mean to be drunk. Come on, you've been using that excuse that wine and, and stuff is good for the stomach. You're doing more than for your stomach. Now these are how Christians get trapped and, and don't understand the devices of the enemy and then they start talking about come on the herb, the herb is from the ground but the herb got you out of your mind but the herb got you half, can't keep yourself together. Come on, I know about the herb I know how many people are struggling from the herb God made the herb and the devil done trapped you it's a trap of the Satan it's a trap and God's trying to break every trap of the enemy. Didn't we say earlier that the breaker is here? Didn't we say that he's breaking out in the life of the saints? Come on, I want you to understand. We know what we're doing. There is no condemnation to them who are after God. Come on, there's no condemnation riding. Lift your hands and begin to worship. And we drive out every ounce of condemnation because we're now exercising deliverance. We're exercising breakthrough. We're exercising mercy. We're exercising restoration. We're not beating down anybody. We're not putting down anybody. This is the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Who comes to convict? Who comes to constrain? Who comes to persuade? Hallelujah. This is not condemnation that comes to put down and to run away. We know where we are in the spirit. We're building people and drawing people. 
and so we break against the habit to run we break against it that every time you get to this point when you're about to cross over into honest confession and humility rather than crossing over into the deliverance realm you move right back into the sinful realm through shame and pride and now I understand why the Holy Ghost had me reveal the way I was talking not that I was ashamed of it anything but he was digging into some secret areas of my life when I mean secret I'm just mean things we've done it personally hallelujah hallelujah that's all I mean but he was doing that to help some of you not to run back to where you come from because every time you about to cross over into a new appetite you run back into the things that bring you back to your old appetite which is shame and your pride and God is requiring you to have some humility about yourself stop making excuses for yourself stop blaming everybody you know you can have your own habit and say if it weren't for so and so I wouldn't be this bad if it weren't for so and so I wouldn't be in this situation if it weren't for so and so I wouldn't be going through this. God is breaking every excuse God is breaking the blame game and he is exercising deliverance so I want you to begin to worship come on begin to worship right there begin to worship I want you to begin to worship I want to pray I want to pray I want to pray brother Bruce is still here brother Bruce come in brother Bruce he's on duty inside the sanctuary he serves as a assistant for me in some of the affairs of the church and things and his security but Bruce you know, I want to prophesy to you and exhort you in Jesus Christ the Lord came to me this morning and spoke to me about you and this is what the Holy Spirit says and this is a word of exhortation the Lord says that you are better since you fail. He said you are better since you fail. Not you are better because you fail, but since you fail. The Lord says I've watched inventory of your life and your heart. Since some things have occurred in your life. And he says I want you to know that you're just like Peter. He said you're just like Peter. You're tenacious just like Peter. They got boldness and courage just like Peter. He said, but you're just like Peter. The devil desired to sift you as wheat. He desired to tear your life apart, the Lord says. But he said, no, but in that day of your downtime, he said, I pray for you. I pray for you that your faith will fail not, but when you are strengthened, you will convert, and when you are converted, you will strengthen your brother. And the Lord says, since your fall, you've been better. God says, since your fall, not because of your fall, but he says, I've watched you since that time. And he said, you just like Peter, you will show up on the day of Pentecost, and you will have the word for the church, and you will have the word for your brother, and you will have a word for a sister. And where does it come from? It comes from what you learned during your weak point and God says I want you to know that my hand of favor is on you I want you to know on how proud I am of you I want you to know how much I'm with you in this season and the things I'm going to do in your life in this season God said I exhort you just like Peter 
And I want you to know, God said, God said, I want you to know, and he said it to me. Like he was bragging. He said, he's better since he failed. He said, his passion is flowing like now before. There go Holy Ghost. And God said, you got a fire that's burning in you that can't be quenched. It's a fire for his presence. It's a fire for life. It's a fire to do the things of God. It's the fire to be at the right place at the right time. And people and no people don't want to talk about sometimes where they've been. But God say, in that thing you've been through, I purified you. In that thing you went through, I removed some things out of your life. And he says, and now you're going to burn like never before. He said, now you're going to go on a course of destiny. And you're going on a course of promotion and provision. Hallelujah. When people wonder how you got here, you'll be able to tell them real stories <laughs> real stories and God said I'm burning a new fire in you because I'm purifying you and I'm making some things new in your life will y'all give praise for brother Bruce come on praise God for brother Bruce that's what the Holy Spirit said you're liking unto Peter that you're better since you fail come on praise God for another brother who done got up from what he was in who didn't stay down and use excuses for whatever happened come on praise God for another brother come on another man of God that is running with new fire I think this is where I'll shift and do a benediction and do communion. I want us to prepare ourselves for a refilling of the Holy Ghost. I want to prepare ourselves for a refilling of the Holy Ghost. And so this week in our prayer time, I want you to start petitioning God. The Bible says that he will give the Holy Spirit to them who ask for it. So I want you all to begin to petition God for the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Ghost. Even if you have the Holy Ghost, ask for a refilling of his presence. And that's what I want you to begin to do this week. I want you to begin to pray that God, you will refill us and refresh us. And there's some things God's going to do in many of our lives because he's going to refill us and refresh us. And so I want you to get ready for this refilling. Now lift your hands one more time. Come on. I'm trying to maneuver what God has given me. I think I'm about through here. Thank you. Thank you so much. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.